You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, your coffee spots, or your favorite shops. Local businesses have been there on your team, supporting you in your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is the fantastic Kate Panjouk. You can follow her on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Kate, week four is come and gone. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay, uh, but we have two more big injuries to add to the pile. This is getting mm. exhausting. I need a nurse on staff. I like We need to get these guys rehabbed, get them back to the fields because... I mean, what, our first four rounds of our fantasy drafts, all gone, essentially? Yeah, it's it's been rough. Um, and what's also been even worse is uh, watching Bill O'Brien destroy the Houston Whoops. Texans. Let's go ahead and Run start Run with there. the lead here. <laughs> yeah, uh, so right before we came on, uh, the news came out that Bill O'Brien, the GM, the head coach, has been fired from the Houston Texans. And listen... This is a move that has been a long time coming. I actually don't think Bill O'Brien is an awful head coach. I think he's somewhere in the middle of the pack. Uh, I do think he's the worst general manager in all of the NFL. So uh, after an 0-4 start and the way they looked yesterday, it's not all that surprising. But, Kate, let's talk about the, the long-term impact of this firing for the Texans. Uh, and let's start with Deshaun Watson. Is this a good, bad, or a neutral move for Deshaun Watson long-term? So let's like totally forget the fact that, you know, we're going to see a new head coach come in, take control of the team. Uh, Let's just look at the fact that what Bill O'Brien has done as a GM has completely pulverized this team's roster. Uh, You trade away a centerpiece like DeAndre Hopkins. uh, You acquire a I'm sorry, he's washed. He's washed. I'm going to say it. Uh, David Johnson. Um, and the issue is, I, I don't even believe they have their first or second round picks next year. So nope. you're, you've literally stripped this team of any ability to start over and, and reacquire some of these assets that have just been um, tapering off. And you've just paid Deshaun Watson a lot of money. So, Deservingly so. You, yep. you pay him all this cash and then you put nothing around him. They've started 0-4. I don't, you know, I don't see this as the, the season they, they bounce back. But I think we can pretty much say that uh, this has been a total wash. 20, 2020 is, is gone. Uh, they have been affected by just the, the general vibe of 2020. Uh, the Houston Texans are the perfect 2020 vibe. Yes. They're done. Like, let's forget that. But, you know, starting 0-4, you should be in... Uh, you know, in line for one of the top draft picks of next season, presumably, you know, it, it just, it brings you back to the question of how do they even rebuild this if they don't have the draft capital to do it? And how do you remedy that? I don't know. And it's going to be fascinating to see what they do at that coaching position. Um, 
I, I do think there's some interesting names out there. I saw Josh McDaniels was floated around. I think that makes a lot of sense given their front office structure. Um, but if let, let's let's say this works out to the the best possibility, and they bring in an Eric Bieniemy or Kellen Moore or Greg Roman or somebody like that to be the head coach, how much does that improve Deshaun Watson's dynasty value? I think you definitely have to to take it up uh, a notch because I mean this is the lowest. Uh, I think any of us would have ever foreseen Watson's value being. I mean, if you bought Deshaun Watson low at any point during this 0-4 run, congratulations, because you still have Deshaun Watson, the player. You still have that that playoff caliber uh, quarterback who's got the Mm -hmm. legs. He has all those same physical attributes. You just have to hope that there's a coach out there who is going to put him in better situations and give him, uh, you know, a, a GM that will give him the tools to actually execute, you know, on on all ends of that ball. So I, I think this is definitely a, a, a bump up, but I feel like it's going to be hard to acquire him in any dynasty leagues with the Sun News because I think there's just so much unknown. Yes. That's all it is right now. It's all unknown. And there's going to be people in your league that probably own Deshaun Watson that are hoping for, and again, an Eric Bieniemy or Kellen Moore that are thinking, hey, if they can go out and get a really, you know, high flying, you know, coach that knows how to to protect Deshaun Watson, you know, this is potentially the number one, number two, number three quarterback asset in all of Dynasty. So it's going to be hard to trade for Deshaun Watson, but it is something to monitor. Um, I wanted to, to flip gears for a second and talk about the Cleveland rushing attack. You mentioned some of the injuries up front at the top of the show. Nick Chubb gone for the next six weeks. It looks like he could miss five games as the Browns have a bye week in there. Uh, but that means Kareem, uh, Kareem Hunt is the, the workhorse back going into the, the next upcoming weeks. Uh, he had 11 carries for 71 yards and two touchdowns yesterday. Looked fantastic. Um, somehow, though, he was he had the uh, the worst yards per attempt on the team with the Ernest Johnson having 13 carries for 95 yards, uh, averaging seven yards an attempt. Odell Beckham averaged 36 and a half yards an attempt. Nick Chubb at 7.2. Uh, how do we value Kareem Hunt for the next couple weeks and for the rest of the season going forward? Uh, Kareem Hunt is an RB1 as long as Nick Chubb is out of the lineup. He's already totaled five touchdowns on the season, had... Uh, it's absolutely crazy. He's getting a target share at, you know, only 11 over the first four games, but we saw him on pace for 88 targets in his eight games last season. Um, You know, and his yards per target that he's produced has actually been on the lower end. So we can probably expect some, some positive regression there as well. Um, You know, I think Kareem Hunt has to be a, a locked and loaded surefire starter every single week. I mean, what was he, um, with the Chiefs, you know, it, it's not the mm-hmm. same offensive system, but uh, I think we're seeing a little bit more chemistry. I think we're seeing uh, a better defense than we've seen from the Browns in years past uh, that that might be able to just help with that that clock time, maybe keep the offense off the field, uh, you know, you know, just run out that clock a little bit more than, you know, we've seen prior. So, I, I mean, he's he's automatic starter, right? Every single week. Yeah. I- yeah, every week. I'm going to give you a couple names for the next two months. Okay, so basically the rest of the regular season of your fantasy league, who would you rather have, Kareem Hunt or Ezekiel Elliott? Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. Uh, Kareem Hunt or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Ooh, um, I'll go with Kareem Hunt. Uh, I think that 
I've, I've seen a little bit more, um, you know, just consistency on their end. Uh, you know, obviously Edward Zolera has received the touches, but uh, I know Kareem Hunt, you know, is, is capable in the touchdown arena where, where we haven't seen Edward Zolera, uh, haven't seen enough of a profile from him as a, as a touchdown scorer. So I'll, I'll stick with Kareem Hunt. Okay. But that's tough. Kareem Hunt. Yeah, that one is tough. Kareem Hunt or Miles Sanders? I'll go Kareem Hunt. I, I, as bad as the Browns can be at times, even if we're looking at the week one Browns, I still mm-hmm. think that they have just a better offense overall. I like their, uh, you know, their, their quarterback a, a little bit better than Carson Wentz. Don't kill me. Uh, they have a better receiving core. All of those things will, you know, hopefully, if they can keep their head on straight, put them in more scoring situations, which should benefit Kareem Hunt. So uh, I'll take the guy on what I consider to be the better offense. Yeah, so basically we're valuing Kareem Hunt as a mid-RB1 for the next six, seven, eight weeks. Um, I agree. I think I think the, the ceiling is fantastic. You saw that offensive line yesterday just absolutely demolish the Cowboys. The schedule's not too bad for Cleveland coming up. They do have a, a game against Pittsburgh here in a few weeks. Uh, that'll be difficult, but if the touches are there for Kareem Hunt, we know he's a, a special player. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all about buying the, the Kareem uh, Hunt stocks right now. Um, really quickly, Kate, before we move on, I wanted to talk about Baltimore's backfield uh, because it's a mess. Uh, I don't know if you saw who led the team in carries yesterday, uh, but it was Gus Edwards with nine carries for 38 yards. Mark Ingram saw eight carries for 34 yards. J.K. Dobbins, five carries for 16 yards. What do we do with this Baltimore backfield going forward? Is it going to be like this all season long? I don't know that we can expect um, things to get better necessarily for the season, but I do think that this is an opportunity to buy J.K. Dobbins. Uh, His usage has been just as frustrating as we expected. 15 carries to Gus Edwards, 27, which is just maddening. Um, But, you know, even Gus Edwards, uh, I do believe he's in the last year of his contract uh, with the team. So, I, you know, I I think we should see more carries available in the coming seasons. But, um, you know, overall, we're still seeing a dedication to the run game. Uh, It's just too many cooks in the kitchen. So I think we have to utilize this, this, you know, time to – by J.K. Dobbins, if there is any such thing, you know, obviously uh, a lot of the the managers that drafted J.K. Dobbins did not draft him for this year. So that might jack up the price a little bit. But, you know, I, I think you have to just hope that, you know, you can instill enough fear <laughs> in the manager mm-hmm. that this is going to be a long term problem, a long term concern um, and, and capitalize on that. Yeah, I, Gus Edwards is a free agent after this year. There's just no way the team is going to bring him back. Uh, Mark Ingram just doesn't look like the same player that we saw uh, last year. I, I think he has one year left on his deal, but it would not be surprising if a team uh, released him after this year. They can actually save $5 million if they cut him. That won't be a surprise. So I agree. Buy J.K. Dobbins now while the price is at an all-time low. Um, Kate, are you a, are you a stress eater when you watch football? Because I am, when I watched the Cowboys yesterday, <laughs> uh, I was just eating every, every chip cookie pretzel and say, are, are you a stress eater? <laughs> of course I am. Of course. Uh, well, if you are a stress eater like us, you know what you should do? You should order DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat and your food will be left safely outside your door. 
Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app and select your favorite local restaurant and your food will be delivered right to your door. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDON. I also want to tell you guys about Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy, but with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. Whether it's with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, it's safe, and it's totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. If approved, you'll get $15 off your order, uh, your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. Okay, Kate, let's do some stock up and stock down, and we must talk about Joe Mixon. Um, last <laughs> week, I conceded defeat on Joe Mixon. I said it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> of course she did. It seems, it seems like it's over. Uh, and this is what Joe Mixon does, right? He pulls us back in right when we're thinking he's done. Uh, just a monster, monster game yesterday. Uh, 25 carries for 151 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Also added six catches for 30 yards and a touchdown uh, in that game as well. So three touchdowns on 31 touches. Kate, are you buying Joe Mixon? Oh, I I don't. <laughs> I don't think you are going to be surprised by my answer. No, I am not. Uh, which it was just sort of a weird happenstance that I literally tweeted out. I told you this before we recorded. I had literally tweeted out just before Joe Mixon's first touchdown that I would literally consider trading him straight up for James Robinson at this point. Oh, and then he fell into the end zone three times. So uh, we'll, we'll disregard that. Um, I, I still love my James Robinson, but uh, you know, of course, as soon as you give up on him, we're we're seeing this performance. But I'm I'm cashing in if I have a, a you know a person in my league that is willing to uh, you know take on you know the this liability. I'm absolutely getting him off my roster. Um, you know, it, it's not like he saw a a newfound carry share. Um, you know, prior to this week, he'd still been receiving. A, a, about 17 and a half carries per game, yeah, uh, yep. still playing about 50, uh, 50 snaps per game ish, 45. Um, so he's, he's been on the field this entire time. We saw incredible usage uh, and, and they came away with the win, but we cannot expect three touchdown performances every single game because he hasn't done any of that historically. His peak on any season uh, is nine total touchdowns from scrimmage. He's just not, I, I don't see him as the touchdown guy. Um, you know, the, the targets were certainly encouraging, but I think that, you know, we have to recognize the fact that uh, his six yards per attempt is not going Crazy. to be sustainable, uh, you know, in the, in the coming weeks. And I, I want to capitalize on that when I can. Yeah. So here's the thing. You, you, you are seeing what, a Bengals offense with Joe Burrow can do for a running back like Joe Mixon, right? There's just so many more scoring opportunities now than there was last year at this time with, was it Ryan Finley that was starting <laughs> about this time last year? Uh, poor Joe Mixon, Andy Dalton and Joe Finley or and Ryan Finley. But um, 
I, I do agree with you. I think this is the time to sell him. I, I want to read you his schedule coming up in the next, oh, man, six games. They play at Baltimore, at the Colts, who have, I think, the number one ranked defense in the NFL. Yep. He's got a home game against the Browns. They play the Titans. They play Pittsburgh. And then they play two surprisingly good run defenses in Washington in the Giants. So it's going to be rough. The efficiency is not going to be there like it was against the Jaguars. Maybe the, the overall touches and the volume can make up for it. But I agree. If someone's willing to, to flip you, you know, Joe Mixon for a similar style running back, I would do that. Um, let's go ahead and get to, to a, a stock down. And this one makes me really sad. Austin Eckler of the Chargers. Oh. He hurt his hamstring yesterday. He looks so good over the last couple of weeks. Uh, what do we do with Austin Eckler's dynasty value now? And who is the running back to grab in his absence? I, you know, I think right off the bat, we have to assume that the the guy that's going to assume the carries is Joshua Kelly. Uh, came out in his first game, looked pretty good, but has had a couple of rough starts since uh, since that initial start where he had some of that explosivity. Um, you know, he's totaled 17 rush attempts over the last two weeks, hasn't done much with them. Um, I, I think he's going to be the guy that we have to assume gets the bulk of carries, but you know, Justin Jackson will be returning to the offense soon. Uh, will that mm-hmm. maybe help out with his efficiency? I, maybe. Um, but I, I don't know that I want to, to necessarily buy into any other uh, pieces in this backfield. But if I am a team in full rebuild mode, you better believe I'm going to be out there making offers to Austin Eckler because my guess is that the, the Eckler manager is probably a contending team. Um, if yeah. I'm able to offer up an asset that is a, a win now type play, um, if I can give a, a Joe Mixon for an Austin Eckler, please, all day, uh, Joe Mixon plus for Eckler, I would do it uh, just because I do believe in the talent long term. Um, you know, I was definitely skeptical of his what his usage would look like heading into the season. But it, I mean, they've showed us that that he's he's capable of handling a, a significant workload um, Especially with Justin Herbert, like yeah. he looks like a totally different player with Herbert on the field. But I, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous though, Kate, because I guys that have hamstrings injuries, especially as bad as his is, they're probably going to be super careful with him, right? And I don't envision this Charger team being a contending team. So let's say he misses the next six, eight week, six or eight weeks, and they are. I don't know, three and nine or something like that. Are they really going to rush him back onto the field and give him a big workload or are they going to just kind of ease him in? I I just, I worry that he's not going to return to that RB one status at all this year. He's not. And now you're looking forward. Yeah. Now you're looking forward to 2021 and you know, things can change so fast at running back. They can, but you know, I think this is a move that, like I said, if you have a piece that you can offer that has win now value, um, you know, that it's all about finding the right trade partner, right? So if your uh, Eckler manager is in your league and is in a full rebuild mode and can wait until next season to see that usage, they're not going to want to sell. But but if you are are that team looking to, uh, you know, build your roster around a a pretty young running back who's, uh, you know, still, still got plenty of miles left on the tires, I think it's a great, great move. And uh, you said it yourself, Justin Herbert, he looks really good. Uh, mm-hmm. He's shown a uh, an ability to utilize Austin Eckler, which we had not seen 
uh, in Terod Taylor's first game with the team. So, you know, everything from a long-term perspective with that team is sort of trending up for me as long as they uh, – I mean, we can all agree, right? Terod's not the, the future no, of this team. No. Um, you know, so that should also be the case next year. Uh, I don't see them going and, and you know, pulling a, a, a Josh Rosen and drafting a new guy right off the bat. No, no, um, no. You know, I, I think that you have to expect that he's going to return some value next season. Uh, and and hope that he's going to be a, a nice bounce back candidate. And here's the thing: Austin Eckler is hashtag good at football, yes. right? He's just a good player. So you want you want to count on these good players. And I I again you know, I don't think the situation will change. Uh, but even if it does, even if they cut back on his carry some, we've seen before he can be a, a, a great fantasy asset, even on limited touches. So yeah, I agree with you. I think long term, I'm not too worried about Eckler. Um, let's go to another stock up. Let's talk about tight end Dalton Schultz, who um, has somehow become now a, a must start every week in your lineup over the last three weeks uh, since he has started uh, because of the Blake Jarwin injury. Nine catches for 88 yards and a touchdown, four catches for 48 yards, and then this week, four catches for 72 yards and a touchdown. It's clear that he's going to get a lot of work in this offense, at least six targets in the last three games, um, not, or eight targets yesterday. Uh, what do we do with Dalton Schultz for the rest of the season and beyond? Because I do think Blake Jarwin is eventually going to take over this role once he's healthy, healthy. But if Jarwin keeps producing at this level, how can he go back to the bench? Uh, I don't think you can send him back to the bench being, being totally transparent there. You have Dak Prescott leading the league in pass attempts for the time being leading the league in passing yards by a nice, nice margin. Uh, breaking mm-hmm. NFL records right now. And it's not necessarily a great thing because, you know, a lot of that is sort of living and dying on the fact that their defense can't stop, won't stop anything. Um, but what you're really counting on is that passing volume. And I just think that these tight ends are so hard to come up upon. Um, you know, I, I I don't know that I necessarily believe he'll return value uh, in as significant a way uh, in the coming seasons, if they do make moves to improve the defense, which they need to, um, mm-hmm. you know, if they, they fix up the, the issues on the back end, I don't think he's going to have the same value. So, uh, again, if you're one of those contending teams, I think he's absolutely a hold uh, because when you find one of these tight ends that's getting a consistent target share, uh, they they generally, <laughs> they generally just automatically are tight end ones. Like, it, across the board, even if they're not super, super productive. But, I mean, the passing volume's there. I think he's going to have a, a really great season, even if it doesn't return uh, necessarily long-term value. But are you looking to sell in this situation if you are in a rebuild situation? Maybe. But, I mean, yeah, if you're in a rebuild, absolutely, because he just doesn't have any long-term value. But the rest of the season, absolutely. Um, I, I was going to ask you this. For the rest of the season, who would you rather have, Dalton Schultz or Zach Ertz? Oh my lord! I never. Oh, yikes! I mean, to me, this is, isn't close. I, I would rather have Dalton yeah. Schultz. Yeah, no, but like, how bad? How bad does that hurt for your I mean, <laughs> your Zach Ertz shares? Um, you know, yeah. If you can take a Zach Ertz and spin him for uh, a Dalton Schultz plus, that's which that'd you should be, a be able great to move. just on name value. Yeah, I mean, oof, it's it's gotten pretty. It bad feels for, like uh, really gross. I I don't know, man. That. That's fantasy football it for does. you this year, man. Ugh. Everything feels gross, but we're, we're, we're doing our best to manage through it. <laughs> uh, speaking of gross, let's talk about Kenyon Drake. Um, 
first four games of the season, he has received a grand total of five targets. Uh, yesterday, 13 carries for 35 yards. No work in the passing game. He did get a little banged up with a chest injury, but the expectation is that he's going to be fine. We talked about him last week, Kate. What do you do with Kenyon Drake? You know, it, ugh, this one's this one's tough. I I think you might need to to get to the point where you're just getting whatever value you can return for him. Just get out. I, I sort of yeah. I I want to sell out. I want to get out of here. Um, I I want to get rid of my shares, even if I'm taking a hit, because you did, you know, if you drafted him in a startup, you probably utilized a second round pick on him, which oh. hurts that like that that value really does hurt. But uh, I do worry that with time, you know, and, and with continued usage in this way, with the lack of targets, um, the lack of efficiency uh, and the fact that Kyler Murray, he is determined to run the ball. He is. Uh, Lamar Jackson light right now mm-hmm. I don't think that we can expect a, a significant enough return and this might be the time just to, to cut your losses and uh, escape while you can with some value I, poor kid on Drake fantasy owners I, the process was good he, he looked good last year when you play when you played so if you traded anything for him this offseason and we're banking on him just continuing to improve in this offense. I feel bad for you, man. It's 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 just been so. What rough. is going like? What is wrong with Kenyon Drake though? Is it this? The issue for me and the the confusing thing for me is that we've seen him succeed in this offense. Yeah. So what what is different this season? I, I don't know, and that's that's something we're gonna have to get to the bottom too because he doesn't look like the same player. Right, this offense is better. Kyler Murray's taken steps. They've they've improved their receiving core. I even think the offensive line is better. So, what is going on with Kenyon Drake? Part of me has Florida wondered has... if maybe there is some. You know, I know pre or before the regular season, he was season, a little banged up. He was a little banged up. He was seen in a walking boot. Uh, there was a lot of speculation as to what you know what that could be, and uh, he said like, oh, it's just precautionary," but maybe it wasn't. It, maybe this is, you know, just a, a lingering issue for him, and he's not as healthy as yeah. we would be led to believe. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off any order, again, at BuiltBar.com. And right now, you can get a free cooler with an order of a new box only while supplies last. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Okay, Kate, we just have a few minutes left. Let's play some stash and cash. Uh, I want to start with Ronald Jones, who... On the box score, it looked like he he played really well yesterday. You know, he went over 100 yards. Uh, he caught six passes. Um, but if you watch that game, uh, three drops. Tom Brady was clearly frustrated with him. It sounds like Leonard Fournette's going to be out this week. LaShawn McCoy suffered a hamstring injury. So it looks like Ronald Jones is going to get more touches going forward. Uh, but are you stashing him on your team or are you cashing him in right now? I'm cashing him in, and I don't think that, uh, you know, like you said, he he put up a, a decent uh, stat line in, bo- in the box score, but 
just watching him play, uh, you know, he did not look to have uh, maybe the, the chemistry with Tom Brady. Um, I think this is just something that we're going to have to deal with is inconsistencies in this backfield. And, um, you know, from a, a dynasty perspective, obviously we rotate through running backs so quickly um, and, and running backs can lose value so quickly that if we do, you know, we saw Keyshawn Vaughn come up with a, a receiving touchdown yesterday. Um, if we see him start to take on a bigger role in this offense and we do see Leonard Fournette, uh, you know, have some snaps and, and get some work, that is going to dilute his value so quickly. Um, so if there's somebody in my league willing to buy into the usage uh, that we saw, you know, yesterday in the absence of all of these other weapons, I, I'm I'm totally OK, uh, you know, getting rid of him, you know, I, up until now, um, he had only seen, let's see, 47 percent of snaps, 34, 51. Yeah. Uh, yesterday yeah. saw a season high 64 offensive snaps. Um, and I think he benefited a lot from just the, the lack of anybody else to run the ball. I don't necessarily believe in the talent. I wasn't a big fan pre-draft. I don't love that he added a lot of weight. It seems like it's taken away some of his explosiveness. And that situation is going to be so fluid over the next couple of weeks and over the next year. Um, I'm getting out as, as soon as I can if I have any shares of Ronald Jones. Um, let's talk about another one. Uh, stash or cash Odell Beckham. Five catches for 81 yards and two touchdowns yesterday. Two carries for 73 yards. It's his first big game since joining the Cleveland Browns. Um, I don't have the, the heart or the stomach to talk about Odell <laughs> considering what he did to the Cowboys yesterday. So, Kate, this one's all you. Go ahead. Love, love, love Odell. And I've been big on the Odell bounce back. Um, you know, what we saw from him yesterday was something uh, super uh, – they used him in a very unique way. Um, you know, it wasn't Baker Mayfield just targeting him, you know, down the field, what, you know, 10, 15 yards – uh, and missing him by a mile, it was they actually got him involved in different ways, utilized his, uh, you know, his explosiveness in the run game. They had the the pass from uh, Jarvis Landry, which, you know, you're exploiting some of that chemistry there. Um, you know, what makes me buy into the fact that I, you know, I think he can sustain this long term is the fact that we've already seen him do all of these things. This isn't mm -hmm. new for Odell. This isn't, you know, a, a you know, uh, what, what year is he in seven, seven? Yeah. Something wow. like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a, a seventh season breakout. Cause he's already had the breakout. We've already seen the talent. We know it's there. We know what he's capable of. Um, it, it's just, you know, maybe it's, it's taken some time to get him into rhythm and, you know, Kevin Stefanski is obviously a mega giant upgrade on Freddie kitchens. You know, I think we have to expect that, uh, he's going to to look better this season than he he has in you know the the season prior. I do love that offensive line in Cleveland, as we mentioned before. Um, it seems like Baker is becoming a little bit better of finding himself in this offense. And again, I think Kevin Stefanski, one of the better offensive coordinators in the league. Um, I loved it when they hired him. I do think in time he's going to find ways to get Odell involved. Uh, pretty easy schedule coming up after the next couple of weeks. Uh, so I, I expect Odell to have some monster weeks coming up. Um, our last one is Robbie Anderson. Uh, another a game on Sunday with at least 10 targets. Uh, he had eight catches for 99 yards. Um, pretty easily has become Carolina's most valuable fantasy receiver this year. 28 receptions through four games. Uh, 377 yards, averaging 13.5 yards per reception. 
Uh, are you stashing or cashing uh, Robbie Anderson? If I am in a rebuild mode, I am okay cashing in on Robbie Anderson. Uh, just because I don't know that we we totally have a firm grasp on what this offense is going to look like long term. Uh, but he's clearly the favored target for now. Um, you know, you've got uh, Christian McCaffrey out of the lineup. But I mean, even before that, you know, he saw uh, eight targets, 10 targets over the first two games. Um, he's clearly a centerpiece for this offense, and he clearly has a lot of chemistry with Teddy Bridgewater. So, um, you know, if I'm if I'm not in competition for the season, he's a guy that I would want to push, um, you know, to a, a team that's a contender because I do think he's going to make a difference this year. But again, the the long term concerns I have are, um, okay. you know, just sort of what is this this team going to continue to to mold into, um, you know, with a new GM, with a new uh, or with a, a new head coach what are we going to see in the seasons to come? So that that's my only selling point for him. And I do think they're going to eventually want to get DJ more and more involved. I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater is as well as he's playing right now. I don't think he's the long-term option there. So I agree. I think this is a good time to cash in on Robbie Anderson. That is it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Matt and Ryan will be back in the next couple of days to do some shows. Uh, They're going to be answering your Twitter questions. They're going to be doing some more dynasty studies. Uh, So make sure you guys listen to that. Remember, you can follow the show at Locked on Dynasty. You can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.